breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred and seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike McCarty. Just before I we open the mic, I hear I've never been arrested. I haven't. Well, I would hope not. I think that clock's probably ticking, though. You know, <laughs> I'm getting crazier and crazier the older I get, and we care less and less. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. How many do I give? I don't give too many anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm thinking, you know, we've had. Uh, Tell me, if you know the gun laws. You tell me, this is probably highly illegal, well, but I want to ask. Okay. Um, we have had, and I'm going to be honest, this has been going on down here for a couple of days now. We have had um, a dude in our dumpster early in the morning you know, when we get here, real right, early in the morning. Right. And typically, we all arrive at different times. Like, I might get here 30 minutes before you. Somebody gets here 30 minutes before me. You know, we kind of trickle in. Well, and, and let's clarify, we've had a lot of construction. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's a huge roll-off. It's not your typical dumpster. Yeah. It's a huge roll-off. Oh, it's a big dumpster. And it and has so had some, uh, you know, good stuff in it. You know, we've had lumber in it. We've had old chairs. We don't anymore. Right, yeah. It's all it's, my banana peels. It's, it's all and crap. Yes, yeah. exactly. And pizza boxes. That's about what's in there now. But the other morning, we had a guy dumpster diving in it. And he was out there. And one of the early morning crews saw him out there getting it. You you may have seen him. And I, I didn't see him. I, I, they, I've been fortunate. And we have, but now we have monster security system. We have cameras all over the oh, building. Yeah. So oh, they were yeah. able to pull up and see what he was doing and all that. Then yesterday morning, we have a guy seen in our backyard. And we have a kind of a big backyard behind the building. And then he is seen going and pulling on door handles of car, of our people's cars mm-hmm. and looking in, in trucks beds, in the truck beds. And so now we have people pistol packing. And I walk in this morning. And, Some of us have been the whole time. And we didn't way. know that. Yeah. And now I walk in the building and one of my co-workers has got a gun out in her hand, in her left hand, which is not her shooting hand. And she's coming in. She's packing. I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. But I'm like... Is that legal? Can you walk around with a gun in your hand at any time of day? Is that okay? I don't know. I don't know what the law is. We're an open carry state, right? It's an open carry state, yeah. Can it be in your hand? Open carrying. Yeah, that is open carrying. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I don't. I yeah, I don't know because that could be considered uh, a threatening position. You could be arrested for assault. Okay. If somebody feels threatened, right? But if we saw the dumpster diver out there. And she said, don't come near us, and pulls her gun up. And, I mean, she has a right to do that. I mean, it's her space as well, correct? Your workspace is your space, right? Yeah, but but you have to feel, 
reasonable. You have to be able to demonstrate you were in fear of your life. No, now, 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 Mikey Pooh. I'm just telling you if, if you get in a situation, you need to be able to demonstrate, okay, no, I was afraid for my life or the lives of people around me. But I would be if I'm a female at four. I'm not saying you're not. I'm four just saying crack sure in the morning. If he's if he's fifty feet away and going the other direction, you don't have a defense. Oh, I am. A, I am afraid still. I'm not. If he starts running at me all of a sudden, well, running at you. That's not what I said. No, but if he's that close, he could present a threat immediately. Sure. Two steps, and he, you know, he's immediately well, a yeah. threat. So I would be. I would wonder. Because I'm not going to be able to run away from him. I'm not. He's going to be able to catch me. There's no doubt. Before I got in this building, and so I'm wondering what the law is. I mean, at what point can you pull a gun out and just you know start having it in your hand, ready to defend yourself? I think it's legal. I think it is completely legal. Text me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong. I don't know. But I didn't bring mine. But I. But I might. I'm thinking about it. But I need more practice time with it. I've gotten to the point where I haven't practiced in a minute, so I need to go back and practice before I start hauling it around. Big mistake for some new gun people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Know how to handle it, know how to secure it, know how to fire it. Yep. It's got to be a part of you. It's got to be a part of you. If if you're not comfortable with it, somebody can take it from you very easily. Oh, absolutely, and use it against you. No doubt about it. So, I, I, you know, I'm... I'm sad for these people that are dumpster diving and that are scrounging for whatever they can find, but I'm, you know, it's it poses a threat. Okay, let me ask you this then, um, and this is this is not hypothetical, but say a police officer loses his taser, mm-hmm. is he justified in using deadly force if the if the suspect has a taser? And the is suspect now- grabbed his taser, absolutely. You're correct. Absolutely. Because he yeah. can then... He could disengage the officer, yeah. Right, he could inca- incapacitate right. that officer Absolutely. and then take his gun. Yeah, definitely. I, I would have no problem with that. And that, you know, that would be co- completely fine with me. We have to... Um, next, can we talk about what happened in South Shreveport? Because we're hearing all kind of stories. Um, you know, lots of things out on social media and we kind of know a little bit about what happened sad sad resolution to the whole yeah, thing yeah yeah definitely what, was there mental illness one i don't know about that one i'm not sure i mean obviously you would have to say obviously so if you're gonna to be in child, that situation yeah. to begin with right absolutely you know domestic incident is how it started apparently and then escalated from there we'll talk about that mikey mccarty 1017 fm One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. I, I I know we're, we're talking about the uh, situation yesterday morning, but we had a question on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. the uh, The statute that we talked about, the Bernard hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm trying to look that up. It was a Louisiana case, and it was the state versus somebody Bernard. Yeah, and I don't have that. Dead gummit, but but it uh, the gist was that they weren't weren't allowed to do the first testimony uh, from 
victims of the crime mm -hmm. in front of the jury ah. in order to, uh, what, what would you, mitigate the emotion? Right, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just nuts. Anyway, it's crazy. I'm, I'm going to look that up to mm -hmm. whom, uh, whomever wrote that in, and I'll, and I'll, right. I'll reply to you. Um, yesterday, South Shreveport, it, uh, Crooked Creek Drive off of Flournoy Lucas, um, about this time, maybe a smidge later, there was um, reports of shots fired. A neighbor allegedly shot another neighbor. Some sort of domestic dispute had been going on, and we believe the neighbor went to the home where there were loud noises and fighting, fighting happening, I guess. And when that neighbor went to check to see if everything was okay, someone in that home apparently shot the person, the man. Um, he's going to be okay. That victim's going to be okay. But a teenage girl inside the home was also shot, we believe, two times. She's going to be okay, too. Uh, when police responded to the scene, they th the person inside started firing shots at them. The whole neighborhood was locked down. There were dozens and dozens of police officers and firefighters on the scene. Um, and then at some point yesterday morning, late in the morning, the house caught fire. Um, not sure if he set the the house on fire. Don't know the circumstances yet. And then the man was found dead inside. When they were finally able to get in, he was found dead inside. We don't have anybody's name yet. The police department is expected to do a briefing uh, today to give more details. But just an awful situation. I was told by a witness on the scene that uh, several police cars were had to be towed away. Um, they apparently were shot. Due to gunfire. Or, or broke down. I don't know which. Um and that there were several people who were told they had to get out of the area and they had to leave their cars. You know, leave, you just need to go. You need to get out of the area. Um, several homes were locked down. The whole neighborhood was locked down. I mean, it was scary for a while. The Bozier, what's it called, that thing they bring in? Bearcat. A Bearcat. I think like what a, uh, Sergeant Wilhite said. Yeah, like a tank of some sort or whatever. It's like an armor. It, well, it is an armored vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, it, it looks like something you'd see in Fallujah. I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, very impressive looking. And Bozier has two of them. Wow. At least. And I know they breached the garage with it or with something. Um, I was told that a flashbang was set off in the house. I'm not sure if that's accurate. We need to find out about that. Um, but again, it just was an awful situation. Well, and it went tragic. on and on for hours, several hours. They were trying to negotiate with the man to get him to turn himself in. But he did not, and we don't know if he shot himself or if he died as a result of the fire. That'll be up to the coroner, and we hope to get um, word. And we from don't the coroner. know if he set the fire or we. Yeah, the... we we don't know if if he intentionally set the fire, or if it was an accident, or if it was caused from something that first responders did. We don't know. Um, you know, they will hopefully will tell us more today. We can get some more details on that, but just a, an awful situation and yeah. that whole side of the city. And I can't imagine if we at one point we had more than 60 um, police and mm. fire personnel down there. Mm -hmm. And how many more do we have? Well, I, I, you know? I, made, I made that comment yesterday. 30 police units, mm -hmm. just police units. Right. Like, who's patrolling the rest of the city? I just it's amazing how because we have three shifts. 
and you got to divide that, you know, by the the number we have, and we know we know we're down 140. Now, I did ask the chief of police to come in join us today, but he said he wanted to wait until he had a full briefing done, and he wanted to get a full briefing out to everybody in the community first, and then he would be able to join us possibly tomorrow. We will see. We have a busy schedule tomorrow too, but um, we will try to squeeze him in tomorrow with us if we can. So, um, just I don't I don't know what you say about it. I really don't. I, you know, I'm well, not it's sure. it's tragic and and a, again pure speculation because we don't even know names mm-hmm. no. of, of any of them and uh, but but you have to think mental illness has to play a part in if somebody's sh- yeah. just randomly shooting. I know, I know. I don't, well, I don't know how if you, if you could say randomly, but shooting and locking yourself in a, you know what. What predicated that? What, you know, what brought I, that on? And you have to admire. I don't know the family of the man who was shot, but you have to admire that man. If it happened like we're being told by some that he went over to try to intervene uh, because he was hearing something going on, you have to admire that because the vast majority of us would not do that. Would uh, mind our own business? Uh, they're fighting. Let them alone. Let them, you know, solve it themselves. But he thought he would go over and try to help, I guess, and ended up becoming a victim. So, I, uh, you know, I. Well, there there may have been a history of of incidents. There could know, be. He's there, been aware of. There could be. You're absolutely right, and that we don't know, and we don't actually know that's how it happened. So we have again, we're we're all a lot of speculation this morning, and so we. We'll wait until they tell us the you know the full facts because we I mean early yesterday it was a mass shooting and there's many you know that wasn't the case and they cleared that up with uh, Angie Wilhite yesterday morning so we'll wait and see. State Superintendent of Education Kate Brumley going to be joining us later this morning. Micah McCarty, one hundred one seven FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Bozier, PIO, Public Information Head Chief Lewis. What, what, yeah. what, what would you? <laughs> what's your official title? Um, uh, I am the Public Information Officer for okay. Bozier City. I was right, Lewis Johnson. You yes, got sir. a. You have a charity run happening today. There's going to be a lot of activity in Bozier. It's already kicking off. Tell us what's going on. It's a um, it's a unity run, and it is the Bossier City Fire Department recruits. They've been in the training academy for the last twenty weeks, and they've been working together, uh, doing both fire and EMS, and getting all their training and certification. And the unity run is what they do at the end of the academy. And the purpose of the unity run is that those recruits they started that academy as strangers, but now after working together and joining the fire family. They're literally family. So as a show of unity, they will run from the Bossier City Fire Training Academy, which is in the 5800 block of Shed Road, all the way down to Central Fire Station, which is just over seven miles. And um, it's a show of unity. And it's also to show our citizens how prepared our recruits are, both mentally and physically, as they prepare to meet the services of our citizens. And it's a really big deal for Mayor Chandler in that public safety is at the very top of his list. And so as we prepare our 
recruits, we make sure they have the things that they need in order to be successful and to provide service for our citizens. Now, Lewis, when will this be taking place and will roads be blocked off or anything? Even as we speak, even as we speak, roads will not be blocked, but they are being escorted by uh, the Bossier City Police Department and the Bossier City Fire Department, both in front and behind, in order to make sure that they're safe and to kind of give them safe passage as they run down. Lewis Johnson, City of Bossier, congrats to those guys and gals, and uh, we wish them the best. Thank you so much. We're excited about it, and thanks for letting us tell you about it. You bet. This morning. Thanks. Thanks, okay. Lewis. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, I, oh, you. I'm I'm embarrassed today. You know we failed the grammar test. <laughs> well, we didn't yeah, fail it. I got a D. For bringing that up, I got a D. But I got dinged for because Ruben wasn't protecting me the other day, and I must have opened an email that was oh, a, yeah. that was a security breach. I guess I don't know. Reuben, you're not doing your damn job. No, you didn't ask me. So <laughs> so I get a little thing from corporate that you haven't been enrolled in this security training. And so, you you know, of course, I send that to the IT folks. You know, is this legit? And they send it back to me. Yep, you got to take the class. So I go take the class yesterday. And I pay. I literally paid attention. It's not one of these you can click go and then go potty or go visit, right, you know. because yeah, you have to click next after each. You have to keep clicking each, next right. after each thing. They, they've, they've gotten wise to. <laughs> to the potty breaks, yeah. And so I was really paying attention. I was literally watching it and looking at these doofus, I mean, uh, these uh, IT guys tell me everything I should and shouldn't do. And then at the end of it, there's um, five questions I got two right. <laughs> Stop laughing so only, damn only loud. five questions. <laughs> you, and you had to get four right. Right. So I had to retake the test. Yep. And I didn't have to redo the whole video. Thank God. I could just retake the test. And I knew a couple of my answers. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. I, what I should have done was watch the video and then make Ruben take the test. Because <laughs> he could have passed the test. <laughs> But it's becoming a problem. I'm hearing from more and more of my friends whose businesses have gotten hacked or taken over or their home computers have gotten taken. I don't know what we're going to do. It's becoming prolific now. It's I, I actually, I had to take that same test. Did you? Yeah, it was it was almost a year ago maybe. Oh, you're coming up I for clicked, a new one. I clicked, uh, and I knew better. Mm-hmm. Something about an Apple Watch. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, and and corporate like, hi, you need to. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't because believe- it was not. Thank goodness it wasn't a real scam. It was corporate. They send out stuff, right, to see right. if you're going to click on it. They test you. They absolutely. And do. I I failed. By now I passed the test when I did the course. 
But I was like, it was embarrassing that you go. <laughs> You're busted. Yeah, in. exactly. And I thought, you know, when I got that email, I thought, okay, we're all getting because we had an incident a week or so ago, and I said, okay, we're all going to have oh, to take this class. Yeah. Now. And then when I'm asking everybody around, I'm like, did y'all have to get this thing to take this test? Did y'all have to? And they're like, no. <laughs> No. Do you remember so, what you clicked on? Oh, I absolutely know what I clicked on. It was a, um, it was one of those, so watch out for this. It was one of those that said, hey, these emails are, are pending in your account. Let us know if these are junk or not. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> golly. I, you know, if I've got a pending email, I want to see if it should be in my junk or if it's something important. See, they, they, or, or they'll, and I I don't click on any of these. Your Amazon account has been closed or it's been locked. Yeah, I don't do click any of that. Click here to release. And I'm like, no, no. I thought, well, I need to see those emails. And I should have read it to Ruben. I should have said, Ruben, <laughs> is this legit or not? And because, you know, I wanted to see if something important was being held up. And I needed to give them permission to let that email through as soon as I clicked on it. Corporate, corporate may be kind of ticked at me. I don't answer any emails anymore. Yeah. They, they, I, I, I was getting some about my retirement account. Mm-hmm. We need to verify your retirement oh, account. And yeah. it was from Town Square Media. Right. You know, and I'm, yeah. No, no, delete. No, delete. You can call me. You it's can. bizarre though, because when you look at the email, the, the link, it'll have one letter wrong. Or it'll have just one you, dot you out of place. Attention. You yeah. gotta look at all the fine print and I mean and a lot I mean a lot of these are good looking men from different places. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not clicking on those. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, you're getting I'm getting all kinds of I'm looking at my inbox right now. Take a guess how many inbox messages I have. I got a message from Senator Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I have eight thousand emails in my inbox. Oh, shut up. I'm not kidding. 8,253. I have 12,000 in my deleted. No. I need to empty my deleted file now. No. It's crazy. Yeah, I get a ton of emails. A ton. So, you know, you have to sort through them all and (laughs) half of them are junk and are trying to scam me. Because I'm the kind that's easily scammable, I guess. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I read them to Ruben, and he, and he chuckles like that. He's like, "Oh God, they're coming at you hard." Yeah. <laughs> Ken, Kennedy's email says, "If if my record was that bad, I'd give my staff blow too." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? He actually he did say that. Wow. Wow, that's strong. Gotta love Senator mm-hmm. Kennedy. Yeah, no doubt. Somebody posted a uh, uh, little little bitty Ziploc packet with white powder in it. <laughs> Said this is a magnet they're selling in the White House gift shop now. Oh, nice. What a one seven F. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Last night I snuggled down for a long summer's nap. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those um I little videos on, on Instagram, I think, or maybe on Facebook, and it's like um people in Louisiana 
and they show somebody asleep and it's thunderstorm and they're sleeping. Yeah. And, you know, gunshots and you hear gunshots and they're sleeping <laughs> and, you know, fire driving and they're sleeping and then fan turns off and they they're, pop yeah. up oh, yeah. immediately. <laughs> okay. I'm, well, I'm one of those. Oh, wow. And last night about 1030, the fan stopped. Oh no! And I'm like, and then, and then everything was dark. Mm. I'm like, no, no, mm. no power. Juice was out. <laughs> what and, call it? Was there a storm last night? I missed it. If there was, I, I mean, I think there was some rain, but okay. nothing, nothing. You know, no high wind that I know of. But uh, so I, I pulled out my Swepco app mm-hmm. and uh, reported, and it said no outages in your area. Uh oh, like. Come on. Yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, got it reported, and then, and then the started showing up more and more. Yeah. So, but I still have an outage. It's still out. It was out all night? Outage. Oh, wait, wait. Reported at your address has been resolved. Yay. Hallelujah, because I just cut up a watermelon yesterday and put it in the <laughs> fridge. I've got oh, it all cut up. Put ready in the fridge. to go? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so it looks like it's been determined. It said tree contact. So huh. something in the area. It's pretty incredible the way they do the map. And uh, you can see exactly along, you know, along the streets the line of who right. has power and who doesn't. Huh. So you so went all night with no fan in the heat? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Poor darling. Ruben asked a minute ago if he could lay down on the floor during this show. <laughs> yeah, I just had band practice last night. Oh, <laughs> you're sleepy. But so, I, I slept in the A.C., yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing what we get used to so quickly. Oh, I know. And when you think about the people before us had no AC for years and years and years and years and years, but they didn't. I know they weren't missing it. They were acclimated to they the didn't, hot. Right. Yeah. They didn't know what they didn't have. Right. Now you pick us up out of this air conditioning and put us in the heat. Ooh. Thirty years from now, what are they going to be saying about us? You're right. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's it's true. it's interesting to think about mm-hmm. because. Technology has advanced so far, so fast. Oh, it's unbelievable. In the past 30, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Well, I'm glad it's back on so you can go get a good, I, well, cool Well, it nap. says it's been resolved, but it shows that the, it doesn't show that the power's back on. Maybe they got the tree cut out. Oh, I hope so. Louisiana State Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, going to join us next hour. Uh, speaking of hurricanes, Mikey McCarty, 1017. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Yesterday, of course, we got some rain yesterday. Got some significant rain in the morning. We Remember? sure did. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I I went home for lunch and I had water in front of the house on the street. Now you know I've got a big pile of of, of limbs and branches and mm-hmm. leaves that uh, that I had cut up from my backyard uh, on the street. Well, some of it had kind of fallen over and there's a a sewer drain right on the other side the west side of my driveway which is where the water flows that way okay well it was all stacked up so i'm i'm mm. i'm i'm kind of so i i go out to the curb and i'm i'm breaking those branches back up off the street and cleaning the 
the the the gutter out so the water can flow. Mm-hmm. And a truck comes up. Uh, I mean, it was an old beat up like suburban. There were yeah. some guys in there, and it right. had a big trailer on the back. And he and he and there's three or four cars behind him. And he stops, and I'm, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm piling this stuff up. And right. He's, man, we can clean that up for you. We can get that off, dude. I said, oh, thanks. City's coming. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna be a couple months, man. I, I said, well, thank you. I said, look, keep hustling, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. Right. Exactly. So uh, apparently they're they're going through. There's crews that are going through cleaning up for a mm. fee. Oh, absolutely. They're charging a fee, no doubt. Now, if you want to come take the firewood, go right ahead. Yeah, you can have it. Nice. <laughs> Would you chop some up for me, by the way? Sure. <laughs> There's uh If you go down um, one of the streets in my neighborhood, Greenway, there's, there's tree trunks, Aaron, and these... I don't think they're all just pecan trees either. Ooh. I mean, it's some nice wood. Oh gosh, I know. Along so the much. side of the road, tree trunks as big around as this table mm-hmm. that are piled up. Yeah, and I'm surprised people haven't taken advantage of that. You would think people that are selling of, wood would, yeah. yeah, get all get on it and start grabbing it up. But I haven't seen a lot of that going through the no, neighborhood. No, I haven't either. But like I say, it was it. Kind of, kind of surprised me these guys stopping, blocking traffic. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll clean that up for you. City's hired a private contractor. The some of the work might start next week. I mean, they've they've got the company ready to roll. They've got uh, subcontractors that they are hiring, and it's going to take six weeks. Isn't that what the mayor said to get to all the city? Right. From what I understand, they're going to be making passes, getting the 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 larger pieces in bulk and mm-hmm. things like that, and then coming back through and back through. Now the, now's the time, though, to start getting it out. If you've got stuff in your backyard and you got to get it to the front and you need help with that, the city's not going to do that for you. You're going to have to get it to the front. So you're going to probably have to, if you don't have, you know, the means to do it yourself, you're probably going to have to uh, hire that done or get some friends or family or neighbors to help you. And, you know, now's the time when we reach out. I mean, if you have folks and you need help reach out to people and you know if it's a really a desperate situation the shreveport volunteer network could help if Mm -hmm. you're you know you're elderly live alone and you're you're going to need help getting something to the front you know they're they're still working hard and they're busy but they may can squeeze you in and do and do it for uh you know um, they typically do it for free they like donations if you can help with the you know supplying the guys their water and some things like that but it, the trucks will be rolling hopefully next week maybe the week after that yeah now you say you saw a street sweeper an actual street sweeper we we have hired an outside company that comes in with the street sweepers i've seen it on i20 uh, people have told me they've seen it on other other roads uh juella uh, i Do also we just saw have it on your it's not ours. This isn't ours. Oh, this it's is not an outside. Even ours. Yeah, this isn't like oh, I said. This is an outside company. Um, we have one or two. I'm not sure if they're operable at the moment, but the one that I'm, I've been seeing, I'm told, is an outside company that we've hired to get out and do it. But again, I saw yesterday. I saw crews picking up trash on the interstate. Uh, the mayor's really made an effort. <clears throat> excuse me, to get out there and on a regular basis, they're out. They're out there picking up trash. It boggles my mind 
The amount of people that just pitch stuff out their window, though. I mean, you'll see it happen over and oh over gosh. and over again. Yes. It's frustrating, especially imagine if you're one of the guys that is out there picking up trash on the interstate today and you drive home on it later in the day and there's trash it's bags. Just, it's like you never even did it. It's like, what are we doing this right. for? We're wasting our effort. You're at least, and I, my hat's off to them because they're doing it in the heat and they're, you know, they're, I, it looks like they're city crews. Um, I got to thank them because, man, that's that's grueling, miserable work out in that hot sun. Well, yesterday we were talking about the, the trucks and the city-owned vehicles. Um, are Do we know where we are, like, on our garbage trucks? Are we still renting garbage trucks? That's a good question. And where are we on um, recycling? Yeah, we did have a question. Somebody asked, where, mm -hmm. where, what's the latest on the recycling program? Right now, it's in limbo, and we're not we're not being paid. We're not paying that fee, right? Um, so we're we don't have a program. I still have my blue can. I don't even use it for trash. No, I don't, I don't use. I, well, I never had one because I didn't. I didn't have enough to for it to make any kind of a difference. But uh, you know, there are some in the city that want to get the recycling up and going. But the problem is the recycled materials aren't valuable anymore but very few of those items are valuable anymore and are actually being used and some of them were ending up in the landfill anyway so well why waste the yeah. effort you know <laughs> that's a, that's a whole segment what yeah. happened to our recycling in the last with the last company yeah but but i i bring up the trucks because during that during that incident yesterday in south shreveport uh, when that armored vehicle came through on one of the uh, facebook feeds mm -hmm. It was very impressive looking, and as it got closer, it was kind of a matte, dark, dark green. It looked very military. Mm -hmm. um, but then I noticed, oh my gosh, wait a minute, that's the Bozier Police logo. Yeah. And and then another one came. Mm-hmm. And I said, why doesn't Treeport? Why? Why does Bozier seem to do it better? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand. That's a good question. You know, typically we and have I mean had overall. those things. Yeah, I, we, I mean overall. We have had those things, but they wear out. And then when we start cutting the budget, we're like, ah, we don't need to buy another one of those. We only used it once this year. Well, do we really yeah, you need don't a new need one? it until you need it. Until you need it. Yeah, exactly. And then thankfully, Bozier's willing to step up and help. You know, the, right. sure, we'll send Absolutely. it, you know. And I mean, Shreveport would do the same. So it's not like it's only a one-way well, street. Well, unless it's a presidential speech <laughs> and that needs more security. I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? Oh, look at the time. Yeah, mm. it is time for <laughs> Sports with Fletch. What One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I did uh I remember yesterday when we were talking with Sergeant Angie Wilhite uh with the Shreveport Police Department and talking about those Bearcats, the mm -hmm. armored vehicles that Bozier has, two of that we know of, mm -hmm. um that that brought them over. But uh they said that Shreveport does have one on order. Yes. That we have ordered one. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, Hopefully. But, you know, there have been backlogs of those kind. When you mentioned the garbage trucks, right? those things have been back ordered and the supply chain has gotten in the middle of, of that. So it's been slow getting here. But you, you're at your question about are we still renting garbage trucks? I don't know. I'm not sure if we still have a few that we're renting. But I know it was expensive, and we got to figure out a way to, you know, get some new trucks here if we don't haven't already done that. And someone will let me know. But you know, it's getting the Bearcat here. Everybody wants them, yeah. And so it's slow getting to everybody. Well, so. remember the what were those the the cars that were so hopped up? Uh, the oh the yeah, ultra it was high the, speed it was a Dodge, the, the do- yeah, yeah, those Charger. I forget Hellcats? what the Hellcats. Yes. Thank you. Because I, I, Bearcat made me think of, but yeah, the the Hellcats. And it was like Shreveport. It was like, okay, really? Do we need Hellcats? <laughs> Do we need what, $150,000 police cars? Oh, that, yeah, that's true. I've, I've often, people get, people get mad at me about this, especially law enforcement, so I'm sorry. But I often wondered why our state troopers need those big SUVs. Those big, you know, what are they? They're, they're driving the the Chevy. Oh, so it's yeah. Almost like a Suburban, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Suburbans, yeah. And I, I know they have gear. I get that. But do you have Suburban amount of gear? Wouldn't you just do just fine in a Malibu or, you know, whatever? And couldn't you pack all your gear in the trunk or in the back seat? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But when I see them driving around in those Suburbans, knowing the police package costs several thousand dollars. The, the Suburbans right. are probably cruising in on eighty grand. The police package has a more powerful engine, yep. a more powerful transmission. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I get Which that. is needed. Right. Because believe me, those cars go through it. I just know when I travel from here to Destin, Florida... And I go through, if I take the Mississippi route down, well, you always have to take the Mississippi route. But if I go all the way, you know, the diagonal instead of I-49, you know, I see all the SUV Suburbans in Louisiana. Then when I get into Mississippi and Alabama and Florida, all the cops are in smaller cars. Right. I don't think I saw a Suburban, a big vehicle like that in the other cities anywhere I went. So I thought, why are we buying these Big old Suburbans. I know people are going to be mad at me about that, but I, I often well, no, wonder. I mean, it makes sense. Because they're gas guzzlers for one. Typically, you have one person in the vehicle. And I know every now and then you got to carry a suspect, so you got to have a back seat. I get that. But you have a big trunk, too, to put all your gear. If you need, you know, SWAT gear, I you know, whatever. I do miss the Crown Vicks. Boy, that was a big car. Yeah, that was a big car. But, you know, they would put the souped-up engine in them, but we don't need Hellcats, for crying out loud. <laughs> but, I, again, I don't think we need the big but, SUVs either. Well, right. But then we talk about the Bearcats, but those are specific vehicles for specific purposes, not general every day. Right. Our officers aren't driving the Bearcats around on patrol. Uh, yeah, we hope not anyway. <laughs> and, and, you know, I would be fine with if you want a Hellcat for recruiting purposes, and you want to take it out to events. And I think you want that's to, what they were talking about. They, they were going to buy more than one, though, I think. Oh. So, I, yeah. Uh, that was the previous administration. I know Tom would want us to make sure to point yes. out. <laughs> I don't think Tom's <laughs> buying any Hellcats. I don't think so. So, But, you know, we will see how soon we can get some of this gear in because it's slow getting here. And we needed it yesterday. State Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, joining us after the news bottom of the
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Who does your hair? The, that's the Gracie Ann at Avalon Hair Salon. Okay. I, who, who is a dear friend and who I never go see. Because you see the gray by my ears? She's pro- If she's listening, she's like, yeah, could you come see me soon? <laughs> Don't tell people I do it. Yeah, please. Until yeah, exactly. you get it done. <laughs> right? Why we, do you need to know who does I'm my I'm just heart? curious. I'm just curious. I was talking to a friend of mine one time. You know, I fortunately, my daughter does mine now. So I haven't paid for a haircut in years. Okay. But um, there was a there was a guy on Uri Drive, and Aaron, the, the, I mean, he stood, I know he was over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Great big guy. He looked like he just got off a bike. Yeah. He was completely bald, had a big goatee, you know, black t-shirt. I mean... He would scare you if he if he just walked into right and right. He, and he had like Rottweiler calendars in the in the shop. Oh my gosh! But it was that it was an old fashioned styled barber shop. But one of the things that I loved most, he wouldn't say a word if you didn't want to talk. Oh wow! If you didn't want to ch- just chit chat, which I don't. Right, right. He would cut your hair, and he had that big massage. You know, he'd do your oh, neck yeah. and shoulders, and put the witch witch hazel on your <laughs> neck. Oh, it was just <laughs> awesome. Oh, sometimes I want a masseuse like that. Just don't, just don't talk. No chit chat. Just do your job. Sometimes I like the chat. Sometimes I don't. I, well, I, I saw a thing. It said like thirty percent of people don't want chit chat from your hairstylist. Yeah, just. Interesting. Just focus on not cutting an ear, okay? Yeah, please. No blood today. Grace Ann's never drawn blood. By the way. Please. Just want to clarify that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Kate Brumley, Superintendent of Education, next. Mike and McCarty. What a- One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, State Superintendent of Education, Cade Brumley. Good morning, Dr. Brumley. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. You guys have a, an exciting new uh, hurricane initiative. Tell us about this playbook that you're developing or you have developed. Yeah, we um, we are actually releasing that this week. So what I what I found whenever I came into this role about three years ago, after um, really Hurricane uh, Laura hit, which was the first storm that I had to deal with as state superintendent, is you know I'm, I'm asking around and I'm like, well, give me the playbook for how the state and systems are supposed to deal with hurricanes, and found that there essentially wasn't one. Um, and I said, how in the state of Louisiana can can a state agency not have support out for systems or something like this? And so. Uh, we called together a, a panel of about two dozen members of experts in, um, you know, facilities and, 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 and government, uh, and academics and said, Hey, let's, let's work together and build a playbook of how school systems can be better prepared in advance of storms and how to better respond for, for storms. And so we'll launch that this week. And, and the goal of that really is to, 
be able to, to put a playbook in principal and, and school system leaders' hands that's codified. And so they know these are the things I need to do before uh, in the in the soon-to-be impact and then uh, in the aftermath of a storm. And, and those things necessarily haven't been um, codified or written down before. Cade, let me ask you. We were talking about this yesterday, and I I, I want to get I want to get your two cents because you've done this from you know from the local level and now the the head honcho. A lot of people question. We're now less than a month away from school going back into session, and a lot of people question. And you might can explain to us to make it sensible why we now start in that first week of August and we have a fall break, we have a whole week for Thanksgiving, we have a couple of weeks at Christmas, we have, some have a, I know DeSoto Parish has a winter break and then a spring break. Explain to us why we don't start school after Labor Day. Well, the, the first thing that, that the audience needs to appreciate here is that that is, that is completely a local decision. Every independent school system in the state of Louisiana, uh, by statute, is allowed to set their own schedule. Uh, now, the, the thought behind that, whenever uh, back in the day, whenever I was in DeSoto, was we tried to balance that calendar out as much as possible, um, just so that both uh, employees uh, and, and students could remain as, as fresh as possible uh, over the course uh, of the school year. Um, but again, every every system makes those decisions on their own. Now, I'll tell you, with the um, uh, with state testing that came about uh, a couple of decades, well, longer than that now, when that came in, there there began this idea of you know we need to build up as much instructional time uh, in advance of, of that spring testing as we possibly can, and so that too uh, had some degree of influence on why school systems decided to start. Uh, a little bit earlier, but again, I, I would just remind everyone that whether you're in uh, Homa uh, in, in Terrebonne Parish or whether you're in Homer in Claiborne Parish, that's a, that's an independent decision on a calendar from each school. System. But 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 starting after Labor Day, couldn't you still build in those breaks with an after Labor Day start? Perhaps you have to go a little bit longer in the spring. You know, I just it seems that the summer just keeps getting shorter, shorter and shorter, and I hear that all the time. I know you well, do you too. Did. Well, yeah, I mean, you could, you could build the schedule in any way that is, is so desired. One, one may decide, one system might decide, and in fact, we have some that have, that they want to take, uh, their school year and balance it over 12 months. And so, in, in doing that, they, they essentially have, uh, intercessions that are basically three or four weeks, two, three, four weeks at various points in the year. So, the, the kids aren't necessarily out for, for two, two and a half, three months in the summer. But they may have a two, three week break in uh, October, or they may have one in in January, and it's just balanced throughout the year. So, what happens is, you know, that you you have the minutes that you have to meet uh, over the course of the year, and systems get to decide uh, what makes the most sense for them. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Dr. Cade Brumley, Superintendent of Education for Louisiana. Uh, as students and teachers and what can parents expect we know there's new literacy screeners we know recess is now required what are some new things that people can look forward to in the upcoming school year well from from the state level our our influence is is going to show in three three areas or three places for sure certainly more than that but few i think worth noting uh, the first is in these lower elementary grades, K-3. We put so much emphasis on reading the last two to three years. We led the country in fourth-grade reading growth. 
Um, a lot of a lot of good things happening in literacy, and one of those pieces is a, a brief, quick screener uh, for kids in grades K three uh, a few times a year with parent notification on those results. And so, what what parents can expect is uh, a few times a year, kids will take a brief reading screener. Uh, it'll kind of tell the parent where the where the kid is. It'll inform the the teacher in the classroom. We'll make notice to the parent, and that way we'll have a better idea of how to serve each each child. Um, another thing I think that, that is important is we were able to pass legislation that mandates recess in Louisiana schools. Many people thought, well, you already have to have recess. It wasn't law, and, in fact, um, some schools did not offer elementary kids recess. So uh, beginning this year, um, mandated 15 minutes of recess in grades K through 5 at a minimum. Uh, each day. And, and then the last thing I'll, I'll call out is just um, our freedom framework, which are our social studies standards that I believe are now the, the best in the country. This will be the first year for implementation of those. So um, several things that I think are new and different, but, but positive. Uh, and then obviously each local system uh, in your region and across the state will have new initiatives that, that they'll probably be phasing in and, and, and hopefully uh, some, some initiatives will phase out. Okay, put your teacher hat on now, because we talked yep. about this again yesterday. Uh, people were calling in, and we were talking about teacher salaries and how the bonuses were going to be paid out or whatever. And people were saying, well, they, they're paid pretty well for working six months a year when you have to have 177 days of school and you have the rest of the year off. That just ain't the truth, right? Look, I mean, we, we have to value our, our teachers. Our teachers deserve to be paid well. They deserve environments where they can teach free from distra- distraction. They deserve good leaders. Um, you know, unfortunately, that, that pay raise that we had requested uh, for this particular year did not turn into this year being, a, you know, a, into, the, into the actual long-term plan. But what we intend to do is request that again for the upcoming year uh, because, that's what has been asked uh, of us of the legislature is to ask for that again next year. So, I mean, I I'm, I'm, uh, would assume that our board would, would consider that uh, as a recurring uh, consideration moving forward. Um, but uh, certainly our teachers deserve to be, be paid well, and uh, certainly I want to be a part of helping in that. What do you say to people who say they only work half a year, though? I mean, you, I well, mean, you completely yeah. debunk that, right? It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's just that's just not true. I mean, teachers work clearly work more than than half the year. Um, and look, I, I I was a teacher. Um, I know what it's like to be in that in that classroom and serve kids and be in the trenches. And what I told a group of aspiring teachers yesterday is, you know, oftentimes if you want to be successful as a teacher, it it, it has to go beyond that school day because what do kids want to see? Kids want to see you at their soccer games. They want to see you. Uh, leading a club after mm-hmm. school, they you know they they want to build those appropriate relationships uh, with those teachers so that they uh, can get uh, what they need both from the student perspective and the, and the teacher perspective during that class time. And so uh, the the whole idea that teachers just work a half a year, I mean that's 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 just not true. Yeah, absolutely. Cade Brumley, superintendent of schools for uh, Louisiana. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. You have a great weekend. One hundred one seven FM weekend. It's two. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm really sorry. <laughs> 
I'm going to I'm going to start throwing stuff from this side of the table. Well, you know, it's a Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day, and and the Powerball. No winner in the Powerball. So seven hundred twenty-five million. So I'm over here shopping for condos, and I'm shopping for Amazon Prime stuff. Oh, I know. And so I'm trying. There's a lot of guitars on sale, by the way, Ruben. Just FYI. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're over there shopping too? No, no. I've I've just been informed by my shopaholic wife. Oh, what <laughs> she's Rome. buying? Yeah. I don't even want to know what she. What See, mine's she the exact opposite. My yeah. my wife, mm. no. No shopping? No, she hates it. Yeah. I, she hates spending the money. I need both of you right now to do it. And, and I'm, I'm sorry we're promoting Amazon shopping. But anyway. <laughs> Prime day. Yeah. I, wanna, I want you to both talk me out of something, okay? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a nice set or piece of luggage, a big piece of luggage oh, for my okay. cruise. Yes. And they have one. They sell it. It's different prices based on the color. Who knew, right? Okay. There's a great price on a solid white piece of luggage. No. <laughs> solid white. It's white. But it's a great price. If you don't if you don't mind it, I mean you'll be able to you'll be able to find it at the carousel. Cuz there'll be no other Probably not. And if you don't mind it getting scratched and dirty, scuffed up. Because it's going to get beat up. Can't you clean it? I mean, Can you I mean, wipe it down you, with bleach is it every worth time? That? I mean, you can clean it, but if it gets scratched, I tell you what, I'll just give you a bunch of my band's stickers. So anytime it gets scratched, you throw a sticker over throw it. Throw an opossum yeah, sticker yeah, on it. Okay. Yeah. It looks pretty. It's beautiful, but it's not going to stay that way, is it? I saw, no, absolutely <laughs> not. You know that. I saw a guy post, he had a, he had a great big case, luggage, just mm-hmm. piece of, you know, looked like Samsonite big. Yeah. And on this, on the side was screen printed him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just standing there looking, and it was oh, like, it's like a him. picture. It's okay. him, yeah. Oh, he wow. says, "I'm tired of people stealing my luggage." Yeah. Well, I have a, and, um, and he wasn't a handsome man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a thing that I've gotten that I'm I'm trying to make it pop up every time I put something in my cart that says, "Do you want it or do you need it?" Right. And yeah. If you just want it, I have to get it out of the cart. So every time I throw something in the cart, I've got to go want or need. And I'm like a big bulk toilet paper or whatever. I'm going to buy it anyway. If it's really cheap today, I'll use it. I'll need it. So, but do I need a big piece of white luggage that's spinners and you now, know all why that? the white? Why? That, well, it's that, cheaper. That's one. Okay, that's the one that's, that's the on thing. sale. Yeah. Well, they're all on sale, but the white one is really cheap. My my grandmother. I'll just tell you this. My grandmother came home from the PX one day mm-hmm. with a case of Marine Motor Oil. What for? Granny. What? 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 (laughs) Marine motor oil. Oh, no. They don't have a boat. No boat. Yeah. (laughs) Granny. What? It was on sale. It's a great price. Cheap. It was a great price. Dirt cheap. Oh, okay. man. I don't know yeah. whatever whatever happened to that. I'm sure my grandfather used it in mowers or whatever. I know, I'm sure. I, know. <laughs> I think I'll pay the extra 20 bucks and get the Navy suitcase, whatever. <laughs> but the white one's so pretty. Dr. Jeff Saddow going to join us uh, coming up after the local news, top of the hour, talking about the sheriff's race and the governor's race coming up. 101.7 FM.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Dr. Jeff Sadow from LSUS. Good morning, Dr. Sadow. Thanks for talking with us. Sure. We appreciate your time. We're uh, upcoming sheriff's race. We know Whitehorn is in. We know Eric Hatfield just threw his hat in the proverbial ring. Uh, unfortunately, Steve Prater decided not to run. Who else do you see maybe throwing themselves in? Do you know anything we haven't heard yet? Um, no, uh, not, not really. Um, uh, uh, there's talk about uh, maybe one of uh, uh, Prater's uh, deputies, maybe um, former city councilman John Nicholson. Um, that's really all that uh, that I've heard. All right. How surprised were you when Prater decided not to run? Um, mostly surprised. Not not entirely. Um, you know, it, it wasn't an incredible, let's say, total surprise because you know Prater is getting up there, and and uh, you know these are be uh, uh, committing himself to another several years in office, uh, and uh, you know the as apparently what's the motive as to why he's not running is, is indeed is uh, you get up there, you get a little older, your your health um, gets a little more precarious uh, to hide a uh, pressure job, although one clearly he enjoys doing. And so uh, it, it didn't entirely surprise me for that reason. Uh, but um, uh, I, again, I, I it seemed that you know, he was, clearly set on another term and really only something maybe of this nature was going to uh, going to stop that from happening you mentioned john nicholson he's an attorney no law enforcement background to speak of does that does that impact the race you think um a little i mean it's not unprecedented that you have sheriffs that don't have law enforcement backgrounds it is elective position after all um you know, all you have to do is is uh, is meet uh, uh, very basic requirements to run for office in, in Louisiana, and uh, for for this particular one, there's no requirement that you have you know any kind of law enforcement, direct law enforcement experience. So, uh, and and there have been sheriffs uh, in in other parishes uh, even now that are elected that uh, don't have that kind of background. So it's not something that's unprecedented. Uh, but at the same time, I think clearly a, a, a candidate is going to do better uh, if he can point to that kind of uh, experience. So, um, yeah, not uh, not not entirely crazy, but uh, then again, I think candidates with that experience might have an advantage. One one thing we can point to was, uh, you know, Sheriff Don Hathaway. I think you could say he had sure. a successful run as sheriff for many years before Steve Prater, but to my knowledge, he didn't have law enforcement experience before he was elected sheriff. Yeah, well, he was public safety commissioner, um, so I mean, he headed up a uh, essentially a, a law enforcement agency back under the commission form of government, uh, also an elective office. But uh, yeah, you know, he, he by training he was not uh, he was not in law enforcement. Okay, how does that race shape up? I mean, you obviously would have, to, if it's Nicholson, we don't know that yet. He's he's going to be joining us later this week if he's making his decision or not. But um, if it's Nicholson or somebody, we've heard Craig Smith's name, another lawyer. If it's a lawyer that jumps in the race against Henry Whitehorn, how how tight a race is that? What's that going to center on? 
Well, of course, you know, we, we have to look at the partisan and racial dynamics of the electorate. Uh, it's a, a, just about a majority uh, black electorate, electorate, electorate now in the city of Shreveport. And, uh, you know, certainly when we've seen voting in the past tends to occur, particularly in the black community, along uh, racial lines with loyalty to, uh, to Democrats. So uh, Whitehorn running as a Democrat would, would give him a, uh, a big advantage. And I, I would think that if there's to be a successful uh, competitor to him um, who's not a black Democrat, uh, that person probably would do better with law enforcement experience to draw upon. And certainly Whitehorn can draw upon plenty of that. So that makes pretty good contrast, at least from his perspective, with a, a potential uh, competitor. Uh, so yeah, that that may be a, that may be an issue, uh, you know, with uh, uh, competitors to any black Democrat already being disadvantaged by the composition of the electorate. Uh, then uh, it would be good for them to have that kind of background to be able to sell that to voters. When you talk about the composition of the electorate, and you're talking in city limits, but what about in the parish? Does that still hold true? Yeah, in in, in, the, in the parish, no, it's just a plurality. Um, and uh, certainly, uh, that's going to, uh, you know, be a little more helpful to, uh, uh, a non-Democrat, non-white candidate. Um, at, uh, at the same time, though, you have to remember that the, the parish is about one-fifth the population of the city. And so, really, the, the city is, is going to drive that. And, you know, certainly that's where Whitehorn's background, uh, is. Uh, although, of course, there's some controversy attached to it. Uh, in his position that was not in law enforcement. So, I was going to ask you, what are Whitehorn's negatives? Well, that's certainly one of them, um, in that he was city CAO during the, uh, the term of, of uh, recently um, departed uh, Adrian Perkins. Um, and Perkins had a checkered four years uh, in office. Uh, it seemed like every a uh, couple of months, something was coming up that was controversial, and of course, or the, the uh, latter part of it, um, Whitehorn was the second in command in the administration to face of it, and it had to sell a lot of these things to a sometimes skeptical city council for public. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that uh, that association, of course, uh, Perkins did not win re-election, and emphatically uh, not so. Uh, that uh, you know that that's something that's going to linger in the minds of, of voters that association, and so uh, that uh, that that may be a problem for him. Does his age matter as well? I mean, he's he's not a spring chicken either. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, you know, you, you could argue that well, you know, we're not in terms of that. We're not. There's not a whole lot of difference between the uh, uh, our outgoing sheriff and, and potentially uh, Whitehorn as sheriff. So, yeah, certainly if you had, a, I think, a younger uh, candidate who uh, projected energy and, uh, again, had a law enforcement background, um, that, uh, that would be the ideal candidate, I think, to try to uh, uh, oppose Whitehorn. Dr. Jeffrey Sadow with LSUS. Can you hold on with us, uh, take a break, and we'll talk about the uh, the governor's race after the break? Sure. Why not? 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Dr. Jeffrey Sadow with uh, LSUS uh, political science professor and uh, talking about, I think there's, Dr. Sadow, nine candidates now in the race for Louisiana governor. Do you see that? Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Not unusual. Qualifying kicks off a month from now. Um, do you anticipate a couple of them will say, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing it. They'll change their mind between now and then? That's a good question. I, uh, I think logic would, would dictate that. Uh, I mean, there's, there's some, uh, I would say, at this point, um, uh, at the very least, uh, State Representative Richard Nelson, State Senator uh, Sharon Hewitt, who they could run for another term in uh, in their present positions and you know, they are, the polling is to be believed, is they're drawing very little of the vote right now. So uh, if they want to, you know, they want to stay in government, uh, it would seem that they would want to abandon their, their bids and probably go for sure re-election in, in both cases. So, you know, it's possible you'll you'll see some thinking uh, like that go along. Um, you know, then again, uh, there have been a number of past instances where, uh, uh, candidates like that who had legislative slots that didn't seem like they're going anywhere. They went ahead and made the plunge anyway, and they didn't go anywhere. So we'll have to see. Mm. Now, the last two gubernatorial elections, um, uh, obviously, we ended up with the Democratic candidate. We have uh, one strong Democrat candidate in the race now and several Republicans. Do you see us falling? Uh, do you see the Republicans falling into the same trap? of infighting and losing the race because they can't pull together and uh, support one Republican candidate? Um, No, um, basically for a couple reasons. One, the the front runner, uh, Jeff Landry, attorney general, um, is a very different place than uh, eight years ago we saw with uh, then uh, Senator David Bitter. Uh, Landry, uh, had, had basically over the last few years, uh, being the attorney general in the states, been able to, to build up a, a pretty formidable um, campaign edifice. Uh, you know, he's uh, been very attentive to um, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of activists uh, and uh, and people in the Republican Party uh, who can provide support and would support him. Uh, so he built quite an organization, and he's paid attention to it, uh, and he's a, a terrific campaigner. So, uh, you know, Vitter was kind of, uh, you know, although being a U.S. senator, he spent most of his time in Washington, um, didn't interact that well with local officials. Um, he did have a statewide organization that uh, attempted to build support for him and, and candidates that he favored, um, but... Uh, I don't think it's, it uh, has done as well as it is now doing under Landry. He basically assumed control over it a few years ago. Uh, so it's really a, a, a different – there's a lot less opportunity for uh, a Democrat, in a sense, to kind of sneak up in that environment or for uh, other Republicans to be able to convincingly uh, attack uh, the front runner as Vitter was, by a couple of fairly uh, strong – competitors uh, back in 2015 of course 2019 was a different story you had an incumbent mm-hmm. democrat running uh, against um uh two major candidates which probably were not 
the um, the best that, that that could have been offered at that point in 2019 by well, uh, by the collection of Republicans. Let's fast forward the clock then to the to the runoff between. Uh, I mean, a lot of people say Stephen Wagesback's got a shot too, but let's fast forward and assume Jeff Landry is the Republican <laughs> contender and faces Sean Wilson in the runoff. How? I mean, I see that getting dastardly. Um, do you do you predict that as well? Um, yeah, I mean, sure, it'd be be pretty uh, uh, be pretty negative, I'm sure. But um, you know, it's uh, you know, if it comes to that, uh, you know, the, the you know, the, the other major reason why you're not going to see quite the surprise um, in uh, in 2023 or 20, and then 2015, or at least very unlikely to see that, um, is you know, we're, we're, uh, we're eight years past with a, a Democratic administration in office. Um, you know, that's where all the comparisons, and of course, Wilson's part of that. That's where all the comparisons will be made. Uh, and so it, it's, uh, whereas in 2015, you, you tried to, uh, tie uh, negative aspects of the Bobby General administration to, uh, bitter and, and Republicans in general, uh, running. You can't do that. Uh, this time the shoe's on the other foot. So, uh, and then uh, Wilson, you know, I I don't, you know, while he may be uh, a, a decent Democrat uh, candidate um, in the overall scheme of things, you know, he's not that uh, he's not not that great of a candidate. At least he hasn't proven that to this point. Uh, you know, the only candidacy ever, the only office he ran for, he lost was a local office, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, he's got no other campaign experience other than that. Um, you know, Do you no, think he has enough statewide name recognition at all? Um, well, it doesn't, you know, to be honest, it doesn't particularly matter uh, when you're a Democrat and a black Democrat. So you'll have uh, organizations out there and elites in the party that basically they, uh, they'll put out a word saying, you know, this is the guy. And, you know, you don't really have to know a whole lot about him. Uh, or have a whole lot of contact from his campaign in order to get a lot of votes, at least a, a base vote, uh, you know, roughly 30%, let's say, uh, 35% even for that kind of candidate. So, but it's getting that next uh, 15 to 20%, which would be difficult, and, and uh, I'd, I'd say in this instance, um, uh, unlikely. You see any dark horses coming through in this race? I mean, anything that might surprise you? Um, well, you know, uh, at, at this point, uh, no, I mean, usually when evidence of that starts, uh, coming to light, say around September or something like that, you mm-hmm. start to see movement in the polls or, or some events that would tend to suggest that. So, you know, it's or a month before qualifying, so it's a little early for that yet. Uh, that said, you know, nothing obvious seems to have happened in the last few months that would take um, yeah, any of, say, the two candidates I mentioned or um, Treasurer John Schroeder, um, the, they're all trundling around uh, in the single digits uh, percentage of according to several polls, um, some partisan, some not, uh, that have come out. And, you know, it doesn't look like that they're really moving in any particular direction. Uh, well, August Pack, uh, maybe uh, one partisan poll uh, put him um, low double digits. Um, but the others tend to have been putting them uh, with the other uh, with the other Republican candidates. So yeah, I, at, at this point, uh, I don't see it. But 
you know, again, you know, a couple of months really we'll, we'll have a better idea of mm-hmm. whether something's brewing. Dr. Jeffrey Sadow from LSUS, thank you for your time. Appreciate your appreciate your commentary this morning. Sure, no Thanks. problem. One hundred one seven FM seven ten. One seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. All right, sheriff's race. Any new information? Were you surprised by anything? Uh, not hugely surprised. I, you know, I didn't know that the Nicholson name was out there so widespread, um, and that he was he felt comfortable mentioning it. Um, you know, I'm not sure if if that's if Nicholson is even going to be in the race. Uh, will Craig Smith be in the ra- you know we don't know we we're, we've heard some names um, and how involved will Prater be if one of those local attorneys gets involved you know we'll have to see what happens I you know I would I actually thought Grayson Butcher might think about it because I mean he ran for Marshall and I thought right yeah, yeah that's true you know yeah he you know he might be a contender for that but um, it sounds like perhaps not. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what'll what'll. But shake qualifying up. is not till next month, right? right. So the, there's still time for candidates to mm-hmm. to think about. Uh, maybe I want to get in. Yeah, and and you know, it's going to be for the person who is going to be uh, from the Republican side. They're going to need the sheriff's help. I mean, he's going to have to be, you know, fully endorsing them, trying to get the money that that he collected and sent back. Trying to get that money sent over to the to the Republican candidate, um, you know, and he will. I'm sure Steve will play a, play a significant role in the election. I, I, you know, I don't think he supports Whitehorn. Um, I don't think he will. Um, you know, and I obviously does not support Eric Hatfield. You know, Hatfield's run against him a couple of times. Right. So he's going to try to find a you know a a, a contender from the right side and and uh, try to boost that person. All right, we're going to. I want to talk about the uh, the gubernatorial race coming up. After okay, we'll do take a break. Michael McCarty. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. There's a lot of people walking around the station right now. Yeah, that's kind of cool. They're taking a tour. <laughs> a huge Greyhound mm-hmm. bus pulled up out front. I know, I know. It's cool. They're they're uh, from the Shreveport Chamber, the leadership class they do every year. or um, Do they do it twice a year? I think once a year. And they go through the leadership class and they tour local businesses, local media outlets, and, you know, kind of see the process of, of what happens in our community. So well, it's this cool has got to be a pretty cool tour for them then. Yeah, this is not bad. And, you know, we've changed a lot around here over the over the last year. We've had major renovations happening. And so it's good to have them here. So I remember. Awesome. The, do you remember field trips? Did you take oh, field trips as a kid? Yes. I remember. I'm not that old. We went to. 
That's saying you were. I yeah, they pile, yeah they piled them all onto the horse and buggy, and they yeah. went to the, you know <laughs> went to the butter churning the butter factory. Butter. They, they took the cave people out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember going to the fire station on seventieth oh, yeah. uh, by that hotel. Yeah, right there. I I remember that fire trucks were white back then. Really? Yeah, I remember that. I remember going. I think we went to a Southern Made Donuts at one point. That's a nice field trip. And I remember going to the McDonald's over by Shreve City. Oh, cool. That was last week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, you said we were going to talk about the governor's race. uh, So, um, uh, Dr. Sadow, in the the last segment, was talking about he, he doesn't think Wilson... Poses that viable of a threat, apparently. That's interesting. He, he said he wasn't that strong of a candidate. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. That is, but he gets in the runoff just based on well, he's got a D behind his name. So he's a um, black Democrat, right? Exactly. He'll he'll have a built-in voter base that you can't penetrate. It's tough to penetrate, and, and we all understand that. But the thing is, you're you're the folks in uh, I think with the Public Affairs Research Council are saying. They're expecting a couple of these Republicans to bail out once they realize they can't get enough support. They're not going to crack into the double digits. They're going to be in single digits um, and that they're going to be hurting Jeff Landry or whoever the front well, runner is. And that was my that was my question mm-hmm. that, that that's happened to us now. The previous two gubernatorial. What, what is that word? Why, why gubernatorial? I know. Why? It. Why? I don't know. What? <laughs> Does that have anything to do with governor? Governor's race. Governor's race. <laughs> the governor's race. Governor. Uh, but that's what happened with us. That's mm-hmm. how we ended up with Edward. Certainly the second time. Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. You got you got everybody beating up on Risponi, and and it was a you know it got nasty and. But according to Doctor Sadow, it's different this time. Right. With Landry being such a strong candidate. But will Landry have to unload much of his war chest? To make the runoff, because if you don't get into the runoff with a lot of money left over, then you can just get beat up by Wilson and the Democrats and the PACs that that are going to come to this race, and you could be facing the same thing. But I agree with Sato. I don't think Wilson is nearly as strong a candidate as John Bell Edwards was. He had many years in the legislature. He he had uh, he traveled the state for a year or two prior to running for governor. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure if Wilson can catch up as quick as he needs to, to, to and, win. And being, being the, the state head of the DOTD, does mm-hmm. that, I mean, does that qualify you to run for governor? Uh, I don't know. For me, that hurts him. For me, when you drive on our roads and you go, <laughs> and you go 10 miles right, west. Right, And you get into Texas and it's smooth sailing. Oh, I've been several times and the past you, few yeah, months and, and you, it's like noticeable difference. You come back in, hit the state line and then you're blah, 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 your teeth are rattling. You know, you're, for me, I would say. What did you do the past what number have you of done? years you that let you our were there? Backlog of projects climbed to $15 billion. You have not, you know, been screaming if you had to have more money. or You can't get I-49 finished. Can't get I-49 finished. The Jimmy Davis Bridge has been lingering for a dozen years. Um, You know, that's a problem. I mean, he's got a lot of hurdles that people in our area are going to point at and go, 
our you want to be governor you haven't fixed our roads you've been down there eight years you haven't fixed our roads what's wrong with you so you know i don't know and and sean wilson will come on the show he he's been a very frequent guest of ours over the years and i'm sure he'll come on and and he'll explain you know his hands were tied etc blah 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 didn't have the money but you know you got to be out there fighting for it you got to be out there right. saying telling us why we need more money we need higher taxes or whatever it is um, but I see it being a runoff between Wilson and um, it looks like Landry, Landry at this point, unless yeah. someone can make a surge. We will have uh, Secretary Schroeder on tomorrow. Um, he's a candidate for governor. He's going to try to break into that, you know, that double digit um, polling data and see if he can get it. I, you know, we don't, we don't know. We'll Michael McCarty, 1017 F. <laughs> One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I don't particularly play the Powerball or the lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figure if I wanted to toss my money away, I could just toss it in the throw, river, throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the drawings. How many people? And the higher the number gets, yeah, the more people are going to be, which means right. your odds go down even more. Hush. Not that that they could go down much more. There was no winner last night. Somebody's got to win. No, somebody doesn't have to win. (laughs) Eventually, somebody will. Eventually, somebody will. So since there's no winner last night, the jackpot for tomorrow night, Powerball, 725 million. 725. The cash value three hundred sixty six million. Now look, I'm pulling for you. Yes, Ruben I and I are both. We're we're, we're pulling for you. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You're on the list. You're hovering. You're hovering. Right, right. But you're you're still on the list. So I, you know, I'm. Uh, there'll be a lot of people, you know, buying tickets. Then that'll probably go up closer to seven hundred fifty million by the time the drawing hits tomorrow night. That jackpot keeps climbing, and and you're right. The higher it gets. The more of us go run into the kills counters, snapping up the tickets. It's just fun to dream. You know, I think I'm just playing. And, see, and, and if that's if that's the satisfaction and you're able. Yeah, it's my 10 you know, bucks. It's, it's okay. It's like playing blackjack at the casino. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't go in going, well, if I don't win $100,000, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to sign over the deed to my house. No, and I'm not going into... if you into, enjoy yeah. playing and you say, okay, look, I'm taking 50 bucks, mm-hmm. that's going to be my entertainment. That's what I'm doing. That's my golf. Yeah. You know, but you're going to spend that at a movie. Right, exactly. And, the, you know, that's how I feel about it. I'll go play my 10 bucks on tomorrow's drawing and... So you're going to drop uh, $10. A whole t- a whopping ten dollars, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, after I do it, here's how crazy I am. Ruben knows this already. Yeah. I will take a picture of my lottery ticket. Okay, I because think I will smart. I sure. will hide it somewhere in my car, you know, so don't bring it in the house. And then I'll have a picture of it so that when the well, drawing don't say that you're gonna don't say <laughs> that. Well, I know, but no one knows where my car you know is. How easy it is to get into a car. <laughs> But I, they won't know my ticket one. I'm not going to publicize my numbers. But then if, when the drawing comes up that night, if I'm up, I can look on my phone and go, oh, yeah, I took a picture. 
So I have it right here. So I'll know, do I go back to sleep or do I start going crazy? Because I don't, you know, I would I would call my brothers, I'd call my kids, and then I would, uh, how late are cell phone stores open? <laughs> I'd have to go the next morning to get Probably. a new cell phone. Yeah. Right, sure. So I'd, I'd have to come to work and be quiet for a few hours, and then I'd have to go, mm, I'm feeling a vi- virus coming on, I need to go. And then I'd go to the cell phone store immediately, and then you might get a text from me later. You know, Ruben might get a text from me later, and then then I'm toast for a while. So I'm taking a long vacation. I don't want to text. I want to check. <laughs> <laughs> Busy day tomorrow. Lots of guests in st- uh, tomorrow. Yeah. The, uh, we do have lots of guests tomorrow? Mm-hmm, we do. Right, Mike Johnson going to mm-hmm. join us tomorrow? Yep. John Schroeder going to join us tomorrow? Absolutely. It's going to be a great day. Mm-hmm. Michael McCarty, 1017 FM, 7 